Jeff here. We'll get back to the podcast in a second, but I wanted to let you know of an opportunity to help you further develop your church online. Here at the Church Digital, we've found some of the best ways for churches to grow their ministry online is to work alongside other churches. To that end, the Church Digital is opening up some coaching cohorts in January 2020. Through our cohorts, you'll be connected with churches with similar goals in place in ministry and work through these goals together over the six months under the guidance of the crew here at the church digital in 2020 invest in your church online invest in you for more information and to find out how you can save 20 percent, visit the church.digital slash cohort hey everybody welcome to the church digital podcast uh, it's great to join y'all today i've got ray the armis uh here joining hey, us everybody again. Awesome. And I also have, and excited about this, uh, Tyler Sampson, who's joining us to talk a little bit about Church Anywhere. How's it going? Yeah, great. Hey, so, so Tyler, man, we, we listen to Ray all the time, but Tyler, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a pastor from uh, Southern Indiana area. Um, I've been in and out of uh, different jobs at, at a church for now seven years uh, full-time. So I started as a worship pastor. I've kind of transitioned into more of a teaching pastor and uh, oversee all of our, uh, what we call Church Anywhere locations. Awesome. So, so like Church Anywhere, what is that really, what is that about? What does that look like? Yeah, it's taking technology that is available to us, whether it's an online uh, stream or uh, online content and using that to bring people together in a physical location. So it's a, a big online to offline model that um, we've been doing for the last two years. Yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about online to offline in the past, uh, in, in past episodes, but, you know, and I think Jay Cranda is actually the guy who invented this, or at least he's the guy that I give credit to uh, out at, at a Saddleback where you're, you're trying to get, um, you know, the, the, the content that we experience in church through church online to use it to affect our lives with, with the gospel offline, you know, basically in, in the real world. And, and I love this, this aggressive model uh, that, that Church Anywhere is doing, where it's, it's taking that, that message, that content, and getting people to share it physically in the real world. Like, you know, Tyler, what are some examples of this? Yeah, some examples could be anywhere from uh, a family in a neighborhood deciding to have church with their neighbors who um, probably wouldn't go to an actual church location. So we've got a couple of those, um, and that's in a home. But we've also got ones that are uh, in a jail, and we've got volunteers that will go each week to this jail to take uh, church to them. Um, we have a homeless camp that, uh, that meets every Sunday at a local church that has allowed us to use their fellowship hall. Um, and so we have about 70 homeless people that meet each week. These are, these, are, these are people that are not going to step into a normal church setting, and um, they still can experience uh, worship with the body of Christ together. That's just a few examples. There's, I think there's 14 right now altogether. Wow. So you're literally doing homeless church, but that, that's not at, at your church facility. That's at another no, facility? We, we partnered with another facility closer to the city um, that's allowed us to use a room um, that's big enough to hold about 100 people. And so we've got rough, uh, it, in warm weather, we've got about 70. Cold weather, we dropped down to about 45. So, Wow. That's great. So, Tyler, go I'm ahead. Sorry, Jeff. Tyler, how have you empowered your people to take the content that you guys are creating? and sort of giving them a vision for what could be. Yeah, so we, um, 
we have really, really empowered volunteers. It's, it's very non-staff driven. Um, and so we call our volunteers um, the campus pastors of, of the campus. So uh, we've, we've really commissioned them and ordained them to go out and be the pastors to each of these locations. Um, I'll give you an example for at, at, the, at the jail campus, one of the jail campuses that we do, it's a state prison. Um, there is a, a, a man who uh, was baptized two Easter's ago he had spent a lot of time in prison. Um, our staff identified him as a potential leader. Um, he's got a lot of leadership gift. He just was on a wrong path. He found Christ and we, we poured into him for a year without him knowing that we wanted him to be the one to start this jail campus. But then wow. through, that, through that pouring into it, um, he's, he's now launched a, a prison ministry that has about 300 guys that meet every single week um, to, to do church together. He leads the uh, small group portion of that. He's recruited all of the volunteers for it. Um, it's a pretty good deal. That's an amazing, powerful story. That's like Saul of Tarsus kind of vision, where you see somebody who's on the other side of the line of faith, and you're like, this guy is a given leader. God has a purpose for him. Not that we don't see that in other folks, but tell me about that, about the risk-taking involved in that, because some folks would hear that, especially in church leadership, and say, are you nuts? Yeah, I mean, it takes, it takes a leap of faith. Uh, for hundreds of years, our strategy as the church has been to get people to come to our building, and, uh, and that's where we'll do ministry. Um, we really are trying to take this, the idea of church anywhere. We didn't call it First Capital anywhere. We called it church because we want to partner with other churches to get ministry outside of four walls. Um, and so there's a huge risk in that because it changes the paradigm of how we've done church forever. Um, but with that risk, there's also incredible reward. Last year alone, we had 49 first time decisions for Christ through church anywhere, um, which is like, that's huge for it. We're a church of 900 in a town of 3000, like, we don't have a ton of resources. We're really pouring everything we can into the community rather than our building. Well, and by, by using the, the technology that you have and, and, and scaling it out, like cost on this has got to be relatively small. I mean, by, by doing church in a, in a home, it's, it's what? It's a Roku or hooking a laptop up to a, a, an already existing TV, yeah, partnering yeah. with another church for a homeless ministry like it's it's prisons, you know, you're using the technology that that's in place. It's, it's relatively inexpensive for, for church anywhere. Yeah. Our package is at most $600 to start a campus. And that's wow. if absolutely no technology available whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm just, just quickly paralleling, like launching a multi-site campus where I've <laughs> seen startup budgets, like five, six figures, $600 seems really inexpensive to, and, but and and one of the things that I love about it is 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 you're not you're not empowering pastors to go get into the area. You're you're empowering lay people. You're empowering volunteers. You, you know the same Holy Spirit that that lives in the sent pastor is the same Holy Spirit that lives in the people. And you're yeah. training them with the gospel and letting them get out into those neighborhoods. And we're intentional, like I said earlier, about calling them the campus pastors of this because it, it's not just Joe Schmo. Like we've obviously poured into each person that we trust to start a campus, but um, we want them to take that ownership. We want them to feel like they are pastoring these people. It doesn't, we don't want it to feel like just another way to serve at the local church. We want them to really take ownership of their campus and make it the best that it can possibly be. That's good. I want to dig a little bit more into that. Um, how much training do you guys provide or even just kind of vetting before you actually give them that title of campus pastor? Because I can definitely say like on the onset, if I'm sitting on the leadership table, there's some liability concerns, there's some different things that I would struggle through. So uh, what's the process look like for that in terms of uh, time and investment um, before you give them the title? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we don't have a, um, 
like laid out, we're going to meet for six weeks and do this. We, uh, we identify the leader and then we individually spend time with them. So the point person for that campus would, um, would go ahead and spend, uh, build a relationship with them. Um, so it's very relational based. It's not really like a program that we would put them through to become a leader. It's more of let's identify who has this gift that maybe not even, they don't even know they have this gift yet. And then we're going to sure. spend time with them. Um, and, uh, we make them shadow other campuses, things like that. That's, I guess that's the program part, but it's really about that building a relationship with them until we are at a point where we trust them to go ahead and and step into that leadership role. How, how long of a, of a process of kind of like observing shadowing, you know, reverse, like you get somebody who's cold to the idea or you've targeted, let's say it this way, you've targeted somebody who wants to do this and you like, this is the person. How long are they observing till they're actually executing and doing something? It, it really depends on where they're at in their, their walk, in, uh, in their faith. Um, if, they're, if they've been a, a believer and have had years and years of, of ministry experience, obviously it's a much shorter time. If there's someone like the guy I mentioned earlier that started the prison ministry, um, it could be up months before we would, would, try, mm-hmm. um, would put him into that spot. We, just, we don't want to set someone to fail. So it's right. a case-by-case basis. Awesome. And how many, how many are, of these are you doing right now? Um, right now we have 14 and we start um, an, another two in, uh, in a week. So we start at another jail in uh, next week. So you got your own like little j- prison ministry, like birthed out of church online, church anywhere. That's yeah, like- it's crazy um, because we're, there's several prisons around the Louisville area where we're at. Um, once one of them gets going, other chaplains will hear about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do this. It costs us nothing. And you guys, you guys provide everything. So let's do it. Very That's good. How do you guys get the content to the prison areas? I know we've done some prison ministry in my context. And some of the concern is the low tech that we have to get in there because they don't enable us to jump on, on their Wi-Fi. Maybe it's a different situation with the prisons that you're ministering to. So yeah. if somebody wants to start this in a local prison, how would you guide them through that process? Yeah, so we provide them with a Chromebook, and um, we are in the prison ministries because of the lack of internet. We are one week behind, um, so uh, they'll have the. Uh, let me start out with this. We edit our services down to thirty minutes, um, so we can do thirty minutes. We have an hour-long total block of time in prisons, so we have thirty minutes of content and thirty minutes of small group to help develop relationships. Um, so each week, we'll bring in. 10 volunteers, 10 to 20 volunteers, depending on the size of the campus. And there's, those are the people that lead the small groups. So we have the, mm-hmm. the lay campus pastor, the volunteers that come in, and they have their Chromebook um, that is already uh, filled with that previous week's service that's edited down to 30 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, is that worship, musical worship and teaching? Is it just... Yeah, it's usually two songs and then about a 15-minute message um, and often a special element that we've done in the service. So... And the the 30 minutes interesting because like, you know, we've, I've struggled with, you got a 75, 80 minute service and, and trying to get, do something like the church anywhere where get it into like a, a, a office conference room and, sure. and equip an office uh, worker to, to open up and do something like that. But like the, the lunchtime itself is only like, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour if you're, if you're yeah. lucky. And the church service itself was longer than even the discussion piece and, and, it, and it wouldn't fit. So editing it down to it to a smaller block 
man, that really opens up some more opportunities for these. Yeah, we, we prefer it when it's like that. We absolutely want to have every campus like that. There are some that are in homes that, that would rather just watch it live, things like that. But um, as we launch out campuses, we always start with the 30 minute. Uh, I think the, the small group part is every bit as important as the content. Building those relationships is really what it's about. How much in terms of crafting the content uh, ahead of time are you guys thinking through, all right, this is the block that we want specifically for this teaching? Yeah, 100%. We, um, we switched to a teaching team model late last year um, in order to help craft um, messages together um, and then also to, to make sure that the content that we're producing works for both church here and church anywhere. Um, which that's pretty insider language. That's just what we call our physical location and then the other campuses. So like your leadership's whole hog on this, like they, they bought it hook, line and sinker. This is, this is the vision of your organization. This is not like a, a tag on extra thing. Like everybody's bought into this. Yeah. Everyone bought into it and um, we launched it as church anywhere. Um, and then there we, we're in, um, we're in discussion of like phase two of that right now, um, mm -hmm. which I don't know how much detail I'm allowed to go into on that one. Uh, don't get yourself fired. On the off chance our, uh, our leadership watches this. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're, we're really, we're really going to push uh, the idea of everyone becoming um, a minister to wherever they're at. So taking the church outside of our walls, whether that's in their neighborhood, whether that's when they play basketball with a group of guys at the Y, uh, however they can take a church outside of our walls. Um, that's going to eventually become our major vision of the church. Well, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that has to necessarily be thought of as like scary innovative because I've heard dating back to like purpose driven church, that was almost the encouragement for groups. And so now you guys are taking it a step further, I think, and taking this content and saying, Hey, we're going to unleash you uh, to be the ministers where you're at. Kind of like what Warren used to say, every member of minister. Uh, so are you guys going to communicate that philosophy? Like everybody here has the capability of, being a campus pastor right where you're at or how's that going to work in terms of that's what you're thinking through? yeah that's uh yeah that we've been in uh several uh meetings in the last uh several months about how we're going to communicate that um the the launch for that is um we're, we're thinking august of this year will be the launch of really pushing every we want every person at our church to to be involved in some type of call it church anywhere call it an initiative call it whatever you want but to go and minister wherever they're at um, and we will help provide the technology or the, the, um, the means to do that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, I know you mentioned that, that it's a small community that you guys do uh, ministry in. So right now, uh, um, how far out do people spread out beyond the reach of your church in order to accomplish this mission with Church Anywhere? Does it go out like beyond your county? I'm, I'm kind of curious about that because folks stay connected with church for so many different reasons. Sure. Yeah. The farthest one away is two hours. Um, and there's, a, there's also one that's uh, about an hour away. Um, and then anywhere from 45 minutes to five minutes are the, the other ones. So there's two that are out with pretty far outside of our area. And then the, the majority of them are within the, the tri-city area here. Wow. So the, the, awesome. do you have specific viewers that, that are outside, like regionally away from, from where you guys are at with, with church anywhere, like is, is your spread just of your broadcast? Is, is it that far going where you yeah. have potential to spread? Yeah, we have, we have a, a wide spread and the, obviously the goal would be to get them on board with this whole church anywhere idea too, to start. We have a, a group of people that watch us in California all the time. And uh, I would love if they would start a church anywhere in California. We're not there hmm. yet, 
maybe eventually, but, um, right now we're, we're, um, within that two hour radius, um, but with viewers on the online campus from, uh, lots of places across the, the country. So how are you left? Leveraging data that comes into your online campus to help start Search Anywhere. You just mentioned these folks from California. I'm wondering how often you've reached out to somebody and say, hey, would you like to start this? Yeah, um, we did that with the, the campuses about an hour away. Um, that was like our first one that we were like, hey, we noticed there's 15 people here that are watching. Let's, what if you guys did it together? Um, and that turned into a home campus. Uh, we're also utilizing pop-up campuses. Um, so we're, we're uh, plotting plotting points to where um, there's a lot of people gathered that uh, might be interested in coming together for a worship service. Uh, we did our first one last uh, fall. I think I actually shared that picture with Jeff uh, uh, at a conference in DC last year. Um, yeah, turned you out know what? Let's um let's un unpack that because I, I find when I say the word pop up church to a pastor, like I get blank stare. Um, it's a new concept that not a lot of people are doing, but the people who are doing it are succeeding, succeeding doing it. Explain what a pop-up church is. Yeah, we, um, we decided that uh, just like pop-up stores that come up near like uh, Christmas time, uh, why, why can a church not try that? And so last year, we have an event um, each year where we do a, a big festival for the community and um, we throw it and it's a big free day where they get food and all this kind of stuff. So we said, why don't we find a, uh, a location that's close to um, people that view us within our like 25 mile radius. And instead of having them come to our building, which is what church has been for a long time, what if we just did a pop-up church for one day only and see how many people would come. Um, now with this, we, we wanted, we wanted it to look full because we wanted people to, um, to, to be drawn to it. So we had, uh, we invited all of our, our people to come if they wanted to. Um, we're a church of about uh, eight or 900 on the weekend. At that pop-up campus, we had close to 1,500 people. Um, wow. It was super cool, so. So it's, it's really, it's just putting a location, putting a church service, um, you know, in, in a place of, of high traffic where you're gonna get a, a lot of, of attention. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we use building we relationships use, uh, with people. Go yeah, ahead. we use our data that we've like the uh, the locations of the IP addresses that we've found from our online campus. Like, hey, this person's he's only 25 minutes away from here. Um, he's mm -hmm. probably and he's never come to our, our building. I wonder if he would come to a free uh, carnival slash worship service. And those mm -hmm. people came, which was cool. I mean, like, I don't know that many churches that have done these things. So we were just really kind of. <laughs> throwing stuff into the wind and hoping something would, would fly. So I love that. When you, do you, do you look at the metrics like a lot and say, okay, I've got a bunch of viewers over here in this, in this town or in this area. Um, I need to send someone over there to start a location or do you let the people come to you and say, Hey, I'd like to put a lo location over here. I, at first we, we looked at the metrics um, like crazy. Um, and then as we've grown to, uh, the size of the campuses that we have now um, we've we've had enough people that have approached us and consistently approach us that um, this is probably going to sound bad but any more um, uh, work would probably require a different a second hire um, and so right now we're letting people come to us because we just don't have the resources to be um, looking for more locations without leaders so that's awesome. Well, I mean, you're, you're scaling and you're working with, with what you've got and using uh, your resources to, to the max capacity to, to duplicate. And, and the, like, and just even talking about resources, what is like, 
uh, you know, and I've had this conversation with other churches and they're like, well, how are you going to budget that? And how does giving work? And, you know, money's ob- obviously a concern. How do those things work at like a, a church anywhere location? Uh, yeah, let me tell you, I have, I'm going to tell you a quick story because it's my favorite story from church anywhere and that it'll apply to what we're talking about. But uh, there was a guy named Jerry at Branchville prison, um, which is an hour away from us. It's one of our campuses. And uh, he wrote us a letter probably three months into that campus and said, um, I don't make much. I make 10 cents an hour, um, but I, f- I feel like I should give to you guys because you are my church family. So each, uh, each month he sends us a $10 check and it comes from the prison. Like it's, it's super government official letter, but we get a check for $10 from Jerry each month, oh which I mean, that's, that's not only a powerful story, but that is a testament to the discipleship that can happen within these things as well. Um, it's Absolutely. not just people viewing a service. It's all about building relationships. And then mm-hmm. together you can worship. It's just like regular church. Uh, so some of the campuses, they give um, consistently, obviously like a homeless campus, probably not going to give very much. So we, we realized we're not going to be making a lot of income from this. Um, we had a challenge weekend last year and challenged people that um, if we were going to continue to do these church anywhere things, they're going to have to up their giving. And so we had people commit to, I'm going to give $10 extra a month to go to church anywhere, that kind of thing. Um, it's not, it doesn't cost a whole lot of money. It's mostly an upfront cost, but uh, it's really just been our people stepping up as far as the giving part of it. Um, budgeting for it, we, uh, we started with literally zero budget. Um, so the, the first campus we started, um, we had to take the money from a, a different budget uh, to, to buy the television. And um, then our leadership saw like, hey, maybe there is something to this thing. So um, for the last couple of years, they've, they've added more and more to the budget. So right now we've got enough this year to start. If they didn't have any technology, we could start um, 12 campuses. So, All right. So you've got, there's somebody out here there who's watching this you know, video right now, listening to this podcast, and they're already broadcasting church services online. They've been wanting to do this uh, and they don't know where to get started. They don't know what to do next. They caught the vision, but they're stuck. What do they need to do? Yeah, uh, well, um, I would I would really focus on making sure that the product is excellent. I can't stress that enough um, because I the you guys have seen some some church services or in secular services that just throw a a video with like a one camera and a, a board mix that that just doesn't sound or look good. That's not something that you're going to uh, you need to 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 craft it to where people will actually be engaged. Um, that goes from uh, like Ray's question about how we um, produce our content for the weekend service. Like we're very intentional about making sure that we have four touch points for church anywhere spots within the actual weekend service. So we, we address them four times every week. Um, we write content to where it can be cut down. Um, and then we, we, um, we do a lot of um, post-production on, on videos, things like that to make sure that it's, uh, that's a quality product. I cannot stress that enough because I don't think it will work very well if it's uh, just some guys that are putting something on a screen that doesn't look or sound good. Um, mm-hmm. From there, after you get that, um, I think the easiest, uh, the easiest way to start this would be to, to uh, identify five or six leaders um, from your church uh, that, that maybe they're plugged in, maybe they're not. Identify people who you think could lead and just spend the next few months pouring into them without even telling them what's going on. Uh, really make sure that you're, you're pouring into them and, and building them up as leaders. Uh, from there, figure out what they're passionate about and where they hang out. And then um, once you figure that part out and once they're on board, 
just release them to go do ministry. You will provide the, the material for them. You'll provide the resources and then they go out and, uh, and just fulfill the great commission. They're going to go out and make disciples. Awesome. So, I mean, just real quick to review that, cause that, that was good. You work on your quality and, and, and there has been a lot of good quality. There's a lot of bad quality out there, but work through that and get it. Um, and one of the things in Tyler, I know we're going to talk about this later, have you back on but like you talk a lot about how to do quality broadcast quality production on on a on a low budget like i have conversations with churches and and you know and, and i've done like the six figure video upgrades for churches and 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 like there there's times where you have to play that card but there are times where man you can do some really quality stuff with some really inexpensive gear yeah. right now and so working through some of that you know recognize and, and one of the things i want you to unpack on this because you said you, your, your church service recognizes church anywhere four times, at least four touch points. What does that look like? Yeah. Um, so the, the intro to the church service um, is usually um, either me or one of the other pastors on staff that says like, hey guys, welcome to First Capital. If you're in the lobby, go ahead and make your way in because we're going to start in a second. Hey, if you're watching from church anywhere though, um, you're part of our church family too. And we just want to say a special welcome to you guys. Um, we're about to start worship here in just a second. So similar to that. So that's so the first something like that four times during a service that they'll, they'll, they'll call out to recognize that's Yeah. That's so awesome. during the, the meet and greet, uh, most churches have like a meet and greet time. We'll say, Hey, everyone turn around and greet someone around you while people are greeting in person. We look at, um, what we call it camera three. It's the closest camera and the host on stage directly, um, addresses church anywhere. He's like, Hey, while they're meeting, we just want to say, we're glad you guys are here. Why don't you guys turn around and greet somebody? Um, That's awesome. That kind of thing. The pastor does it once, and then we do one at the sign-off at the end. Very cool. And I know, uh, you know, you also said identify leaders, and, and that's that's golden. And then provide resources. Um, and that that actually brought up a question because I've talked with a couple other churches that are doing this, and there's something that everybody gets stuck on. We don't have a good formula for it yet. What do you do with the kids? Yeah, um, if you find out, you should let us know as well. <laughs> I had a feeling like, cause we just, we haven't been able to find that, that sweet spot with, uh, with the micro locations yeah. of, of like so doing a, doing a, a separate we, service for the kids or what. So yeah, here's the, we have, um, we are in uh, part of this, this big vision strategy that we're coming out with in August. And once again, I can't go into a ton of detail about it, but um, one of our upcoming hires or somehow getting resources for, we would love to start a, um, YouTube channel specifically for children, but not as a church service. So kids right now are watching like people unbox toys and they'll watch that for hours. So how can we utilize content like that um, and spin it in a gospel driven direction, um, but not so much to make them not want to, to use it. So in these micro sites, um, parents use their phones all the time as babysitters. So why not have them be watching content that we've created or we've resourced um, at that time? good that's real that's real solid that you guys are looking at staffing that position or at least looking at it from that perspective of this is so important it takes a lot of resource to create this content it takes a lot of time to craft it and so you know ha having somebody with that kind of vision just right off the bat just says how serious you are about this sure. um because a lot of churches look at that and say uh you know that's something that that we look at as a luxury but you're looking at this very intentional you're saying no this is this is part of the future of where we're going I mean, the, the new iPhone update that we, it always gives me a, how much screen time that I had each week, um, every Sunday, it'll like come up with a thing and it's embarrassingly large. It's like eight hours. So like if, 
eight hours of screen time, how, how can I, as the church, utilize that eight hours that people are already looking at screens? Um, because we don't have eight hours with them for a church service. we got an hour a week with them. But if they're right. already looking at a screen for eight hours, like surely we can, we can leverage that. Um, that's just the world we live in right now. Yeah, the communication models are changing. It's it's not just one hour on Sunday. We've got access 168 hours a week to do something. And and so the churches that are understanding that and and are changing their communication methods to not just put all the energy towards that one hour Sunday church service and instead utilizing social media, utilizing mobile app, utilizing web, um, even texting just to to get message and to help them be a disciple, not just a consumer of, of a one hour a week thing. That's golden. By the way, I'm six and a half hours. So man, that's a little embarrassing for you. I will say my wife and I went on a road trip last week and I'm pretty sure we watched all of Parks and Rec. So uh, that's, that's gotta be. (laughs) Well done. Well done. (laughs) Real quick, Jeff, just taking off of what you were just saying about Sunday morning. um, How much open is church anywhere towards not taking place on Sunday? Because I know a lot of folks struggle through, well, you know, going to church on, we want church to be on Sunday. But how much are you guys opening it up towards, no, this is taking it to people. So it's whenever. Two, two out of 14 campuses are on Sunday right now. Uh, the other 12 wow. are not. So. 12 services. So yeah, like that was like 80 years. A lot of them were on Tuesdays. I don't know how that we ended up with that, but it was like one worked on Tuesday. So now every leader is like, Church Anywhere Day is Tuesday. Woo. But uh, we have a uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday right now. Uh, and soon to be Monday. Monday is the next one coming. So what, what are the two that are on Sunday? Is that, are those like just in homes where people are used to the, the yeah, rhythm? one of is at at home. Um, one is at a place, uh, at a rehab center for people who have Huntington's disease. Um, so these are fully functioning adults that their bodies are shutting down on them. Wow. Uh, Huntington's disease is terrible. They can't really get out, but they, uh, they're all there mentally. And uh, we have wow. about 17 of them that meet um, at that facility each week. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. Did somebody just wake up and have a heart to want to do it at a Huntington disease? Yeah, we had a, uh, we had a, a lady who's a nurse there um, that would, kept having to miss church on Sunday. So she took her iPad, plugged it in the television and said, hey, anybody want to come to church with me? And they all started coming. So then we staffed it and resourced it. And uh, uh, it's okay. Ex- that, that's like the greatest story I've ever heard. <laughs> somebody who has to work on Sunday missing church. And she's like, hey, we're just going to do church here. And, and your church actually like allows it and, and, and resources, oh, yeah. give the resources yeah. to do ministry. Yeah. Well, I mean, those, those 17 people are, um, are people that need the gospel as well. And they're never going to step in in our church because they can't. And so I would absolutely sacrifice one family that can't come to our church service for another 17 people to hear about Jesus every single time. Yeah. And, and what's, what, what I love about this and just, and we can, this is a whole other show is, is that your church is on the smaller side of the equation. What are you, 900 people? Yeah. So this is not a church with a ton of resources. Um, but what you've got, you're, you're aggressively using to through church online, through church anywhere to get the message out there in, in front, like just real quickly, what, what challenges like have you overcome from like a small church to this to this vehicle that's reproducing church in micro locations? Yeah. Have you ever heard of Corden, either one of you? Corden, Indiana. That's where we're located. 
No, I, guess I, I had never heard of it either before I, I took this job. So it's, don't feel bad. But um, Corden is a really, really small town on the outskirts of Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so it's about 30 minutes from Louisville. So we're close to a big city, but um, we're really, really small. Um, so three years ago when we started streaming, our internet speed um, download was one megabit per second. Uh, so we obviously couldn't stream here. So what we would do was we would capture our Saturday night service and post-produce it. So we multi-tracked it, um, we mixed all of it, um, and then we had it ready for Sunday morning. We would drive to the worship pastor's house on Sunday morning who had faster internet. We would stream from there and make it back in time to start the third service. Um, so in between first and or, uh, second and third services, we would stream uh, at his house and make it back in time. So that's definitely a challenge that we've been wow. able to overcome. We finally had um, fiber internet come through our area and we jumped on board like right away. So now we're totally live. Everything we do is happening in real time, which is awesome. Um, great. Yeah, we used to multi-track because we didn't have the capability to mix in, in real time. We've since then have uh, spent a little bit of money building a, uh, a separate broadcast mix studio um, to make sure that the audio sounds good. You guys know that if audio sounds bad, then no matter how good the video looks, it's not a good video. Um, so mm. we've been intentional about that. Um, so those are some, some big challenges and just financially in general, we're, um, we're a very blue collar society. Um, our, our kids in, in local schools, like 68% of them is a, below the poverty level to have like free lunches and stuff. And so, um, it's just been a challenge to, uh, to try to resource things. Um, we can't really buy high end gear, but we can learn all about the gear that we have and use it to like its full capacity. That's, that's just been the biggest challenge. It's good stuff. That's very, that's very encouraging though, Tyler. And especially for a lot of folks who are in communities like yours or everybody in church, no matter what size feels restrained in this particular area in the budget. And so it's always comforting to hear, Hey, we're just trying to maximize resources wherever we're at. Um, if, if you were to engage a senior pastor and you were to encourage him, whether either church plan or even he's been around for a while and he's already got the fear, Hey, but if, if they're not showing up in the room, how do I know if they're really involved in our church? Um, what would be the feedback that you would give him to encourage him and say, Hey, listen, this is legit. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's a real, it's a real scary thing for, for senior pastors. The whole idea of online church in general is like, Oh man, they'll just stay home and watch it in their pajamas. Um, but I truly believe that, um, God has given us the internet. Um, and one day we're going to stand before him and he's going to say, Hey, I gave you this Avenue to literally finally bring the gospel to, to everywhere in the world. Like you have the opportunity to do that. What did you do with it? Um, and Fortnite. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we did Fortnite. Did you use it to just like mess around <laughs> on TikTok, or did you did you use it to spread my gospel? And uh, that's kind of where we're, we we have landed. So um, it, it's been proven it, that that it works for us. We had forty nine people last year that it's not that they just like raised a hand. It's their lives her changed forever. Like it's not a it's not a 10 minutes from now issue. It's an eternal issue. And 49 people are now um, going to, to worship Jesus forever. And that's a, that's a huge deal. Awesome. And that's, that's good stuff, man. Hey, Lex, listen, thanks. Thanks for sharing. If, if there's, if people are interested in getting more information on, on church anywhere, um, where, where do they go? What do they need to do? 
yeah, they can they can reach out to me. They can reach out to you, and you you know a ton about uh, micro sites and all that good stuff. And we've chatted enough that you could put them in the right direction. I'm going to shamelessly plug something right now, though. So in July, in July, we are having uh, a conference called the Online Church Conference. My church is hosting it uh, down here in the Louisville, Kentucky area. It's a uh, one day with an optional stay over. Um, it's very affordable, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about. Uh, things like Church Anywhere, things like how to get started with uh, with producing a, a product that would, would work for Church Anywhere, um, how to engage your community online. Uh, we got guys like Jay Cranda is going to be doing a, a keynote from Saddleback. Um, uh, Jeff Reed, uh, who's on this podcast, is going to be doing a keynote and uh, some other guys that are going to be leading some killer workshops. So. That's awesome. Th- thanks for doing the selfless plug that ended up <laughs> me as well. So that worked well. No, listen, I- I'm excited uh, about, honestly, I'm excited everything about Church Anywhere. Like to me, it's it's the model because it's not a, like I, I, you're not a mega church. I think 2000 is like the mega number, whatever it is. It constantly is evolving, but you're not a big church, mm-hmm. but you're a church that ha- has a vision for how online can resource and get people the gospel and empower people to share the gospel and and get connected. And and so like, it's not a virtual building you're trying to gather people into the the beauty of this is that you're empowering, you know, these 14 people to be campus pastors at different locations scattered around. And some woman who works as a, as a, a, a technician or a nurse at a rehab center, for uh, Hodge, well, Hodgkin's, no, what it was in Huntington's like, disease, yeah, Huntington. super rare. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's like my gosh, if if why would I not as a pastor want to do this? Sure, and and it's and it's it's very few churches right now that have a vision like from top to bottom where it's let's go. I was at a conference last week and, and I met a a church in in New England. And, and he's been, he's been the pastor, lead pastor. He's been wrestling with this for about six months. And, and the deal where he's at is, is, um, and we'll probably get him on the show at some point, but literally he's, he's saying the question, 98% of people in new England are unchurched. They all hate church. They're not coming to my building. If I'm going to reach people, I can't get them in. I've got to figure out how to take church to them. And now he's starting to do your model. Like I'm literally describing to him what you're doing, Tyler, of, of, of taking, uh, ch- using church online to take gospel, create these micro locations around. Francis Chan, uh, evangelism of the future doesn't happen in our temples and cathedrals, but in our living rooms and our homes. Yeah. And so the idea of, of empowering people with church, with the gospel, to not just watch a service, but disciple someone man is 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 phenomenal it's super exciting and man, i'm i'm glad i met you i'm glad you're doing it and uh keep going keep keep pushing on this because you're setting the standard right now that other churches are looking at and and they're wondering man can can i do this um and so if for more information check out that conference uh what what website should they go to on that yeah it's churchonline.me churchonline.me so we'll, we'll put sure that in, in the show notes. And, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes and, and, and some other things. And we'll link to the Church Anywhere site as well uh, for that. And, and uh, Tyler's, um, you know, social media and all that we'll include in there. And it's going to be awesome. Well, guys, thank you for the time. Any, any closing thoughts before we wrap? 
I think we about covered it. <laughs> awesome, man. I, I appreciate you guys. Tyler. Uh, thanks again, Ray. Thanks for jumping in and, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. All right.